Hey everyone, Mario Selenas here. Welcome to Wisdom's Echo, Origin Gates Daily Podcast. It's a delight to be with you again and to be sharing story time. And today's story is one that comes from American history and one that's very important to me and something I've held on to for many years. And I'd like to set it up, share the story, and then tell you why I'm sharing it. So to set it up, I have to say that in our lives, especially those of us who are in any position of leadership, from time to time, we have to let some people go, which means sometimes as a leader, you have to fire someone or you have to tell someone their services will no longer be needed. It's especially difficult when you're dealing with volunteers because they're volunteering their time and their energy and their resources to be a part of the organization that you may be leading. Uh, in our in our case, for many years, we led uh, a church or churches, and it was hard to tell a volunteer who's well-meaning and generally committed that they weren't cutting it and they had to move on and do something different in the organization or be gone altogether. But beyond leadership, there are also times as individuals who are in relationship with others that we have to let them go from our lives. They are toxic to our lives. They they are doing things, saying things that are bringing us down or are, are in no way edifying us in the relationship is not is not growing, it's not developing, it's not bringing out the best in everyone. And there are times you have to move on, especially when your understanding and your knowledge and your revelation bring you to another level of spiritual awareness and even intellectual understanding. Uh, there are some people that are just willing to stay at the same level. Sometimes you have to let them go and move on to the next level where there are individuals so ready to receive you and so glad you've joined them at that level. And so the story that I want to share with you today comes from uh, American history, as I said before, and it comes from uh, the presidency of, of Harry Truman, whom I find to be one of the greatest presidents of the United States for many different reasons. He was faced with extraordinary uh, difficulty and responsibility. He was the one who had to end the war, the war, Second World War. He was not the, he was not elected president to begin with. He was vice president. And then the president died and he ended up having to take over about 95 days, I think, into the president's, uh, the, uh, the president's, um, presidency. And he was, uh, an extraordinary leader and one who is the only American president to not have a college education, actually. He graduated high school, went into the military and then got involved in politics from there. And I find him outstanding. There are, of course, many controversial decisions he made, including the dropping of the bombs in Hiroshima and Nagasaki and many other internal issues that he handled that are controversial. And I do find fault with some of his decisions and some of his life choices. But for the most part, I admire him. And one of the reasons I admire him is because he could make the hard call and was very decisive when he had to make a difficult decision. And one of the hardest decisions he had to make, and uh, by far one of the most controversial was in the States, was that he fired the commanding general of the, of the army, who was General Douglas MacArthur, who had pretty much closed up the war in the Pacific, was leading up the war effort in the Pacific, and was renowned for some of his accomplishments there, and also going up the chain uh, all the way up to becoming a general. His um, his achievements as a military officer are are legendary in the United States annals of history. And 
President Truman fired him for insubordination. It's a matter that's too long to explain here, but basically those are the terms. He was insubordinate to one of the president's orders. The president felt he had uh, grounds to fire him on and did fire him. And Douglas MacArthur then had to come back to the U.S. after being fired as the general. And it was basically a dishonorary discharge. And he landed in New York. That was the first port of entry into the States after being fired and being relieved of his command in the Pacific Theater. And when he landed in New York, New York held for him a parade that was up until that point the largest parade ever held in New York for any reason. And of course, more than 99% of the people can arguably be said to have been there to celebrate him and to honor him for his service to the country and for his achievements. And I, it would be safe for me to say that more than 90% of the people were there angry at the president for having fired him because the people didn't know the inside story and having read all the books and all the things pertaining to it, I know that a lot of the stuff was classified that people would have never known what went on behind the scenes. All they knew is President Harry Truman fired Douglas MacArthur, the most decorated military general of all time up until that point, other than, than George Washington himself. And so this was a major, major issue. And, and of course, after the parade, um, at some point in the parade, Douglas MacArthur stood on a podium, <clears throat> took the mic and started bad-mouthing the president and the administration and Washington. And from there, he went to other major cities and held major rallies uh, in which he spoke badly of the president and his decision-making process and his cabinet and his administration. He had nothing positive to say. He was always bad-mouthing Truman. And this went on for months. Now, during that period, President Harry Truman said absolutely nothing. He did not defend himself. He did not defend his decision to fire the, 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 the general. He did not give his side of the story to anyone, including his closest confidants. And one of his closest confidants was Dean Acheson, who was a Connecticut man, actually, not, uh, grew up not far from where we currently live, Danielle and I, and our family. And Dean Acheson was the chief of staff, and he went up to Harry Truman and said, Mr. President, I do believe it's time for you to tell your side of the story. These people... Are, are, are banging on our door. The news media is here. The papers are here. They want to know your side. They want to hear what you have to say. And Truman gave a response that I couldn't track it down to give you word for word what he said because I found it to be phenomenal. But the gist of it was this. People can only handle so much negativity when it comes to the president of the United States and the direction of their country. Douglas MacArthur is, is spewing venom at a rate that is creating a web of hopelessness that this nation cannot handle right now. And they will be done with him not long from now because they'll be tired. Of, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> they'll be tired of hearing the negativity. And so <clears throat> he still said nothing, President Truman. And Douglas MacArthur went from city to city, from parade to parade, from celebration of his life and service to another. And one day, they booked a large theater somewhere in the southern part of the States. I don't remember the exact city, but when it came time for him to get up and speak, the front, even the very front part of the theater had not been filled. 
and the people who organized the event panicked and they tried to actually get people off the street to come to hear Douglas MacArthur because they needed to fill the seats because this was going to be broadcast. And basically, MacArthur knew he had he had been done. Uh, after that event, he had no more events, he had no more parades, no more nothing to say anymore. The people basically, the the crowds dwindled down to almost nothing. And after they couldn't fill a movie theater, um, he was done. And the reason he was done is because Truman was right. His silence, the president's silence, was more powerful in the long run than anything negative MacArthur could say against him. The fact that he kept shooting his mouth, but the president remained silent, worked against MacArthur and in the favor of the president. And then when finally MacArthur stopped making appearances and things were, were able to be shared, the president was able to say a few things that made brought the record right. And it has remained that way ever since. <clears throat> the point is, when it comes time to release someone from our lives, whether it be a relationship or a friendship or somebody in a position of leadership that we have to let go of from their position of responsibility and authority, I have rarely, I, I, in fact, I need to say this, I have never seen a scenario where I've, I've let someone go and they left saying, this was my fault, I messed up, Marius was right, he, he warned me, he tried to walk with me, he tried to salvage the relationship, but I, I had a hard mind and a hard head and a hard heart, and I was irreconcilable, and that's why this happened. That's never happened to me where someone moved on in whatever way we had to move on and came back and said Marius was right. It's always the opposite, right? They'll say they were right, you were wrong, the boss is wrong, the administration is wrong, the person who was lazy and didn't show up to work on time or cheated or took money inappropriately or treated people badly, it was never their fault. And I'm far removed now from those types of responsibilities as a leader of an organization to be able to look back and calmly say that I found that story from Truman so helpful during those times because I learned from that story to remain quiet and to not feed the feeding frenzy of those who wanted to know what happened and what's behind the story and why is there such a ripple in the organization with this person moving on. And one of the things that would happen invariably would be the person who was being toxic about what had taken place and was leaving was basically generating some kind of a wake or a fallout in their movement and people would get swept in it and go along with them. Some people would not, of course, not everyone. And what I found that I want to share with you, and I do believe this could be a lifeline for somebody right now that's in a position of leadership or in a relationship that you need to move on from, is those individuals who leave you because they are the collateral damage of that scenario where you had to let someone go and in their wake they brought these people with them. You didn't want them with you anyway. You, those are the kind of people that did you a favor to leave now because th there is a seed inside of them of negativity or criticism or cynicism or skepticism that was only a matter of time before it came to the surface. And if they're going to pick up someone else's offense, and especially without knowing all the facts because you're not talking and I'm not talking as a leader, then you don't want those people around anyway. They, they're doing you a favor to move on. 
And that's what I found. So when I read that story that I shared with you today about Truman, not long after that, we had one of the most significant transitions happen in leadership in a particular area of the church. And it, it created an absolute mess. Like there was, there was so much fallout from that. And a lot of people did leave. And a lot of people left very angry. And there were, there were many, many tensions that followed that. But I stood my ground and kept my mouth shut. And I encourage you to do the same if you're in a situation like this. The ones who need to know are the ones who need to know. And for me, it was the board, the council, or the bench, however you want to call it. My wife, of course, my family. And a few select confidants that weren't even connected to the church were just friends of mine from the outside that I was uh, counseling with in my decision-making process. And I didn't talk to anyone who didn't have a need to know about what they didn't need to know. I kept it to myself. And I went before the Lord with it. And I tell you, when you stay silent before men and you appear before God with all of your cares pertaining to individuals, men and women, children, young people, whatever it may be, there is a, a power stance that you are taking. And I love when David says to his soul, be silent, my soul, for and, and look to God for he alone is your rock and your salvation. I love that that scripture in Psalms, because he commands his soul to be silent. As a spirit being, David commands his soul to stand down. The emotional upheaval of losing someone like Ahithophel from his own life, or his own son Absalom usurping the throne, all these things were so hurtful and painful. And yet David told his soul to stand down and to be silent. To be silent before the Lord, because the Lord knew what was right and what was wrong, what was happening all around him. And I, and I would say that to you, the Lord knows. And his justice system is absolutely impeccable. It is absolutely certain that his justice will prevail for you, for me, for all of us. So I want to encourage you, if you're facing a situation where you have to cut, um, you have to cut ties, you have to separate paths with someone, do it. Don't hesitate. Don't compromise. If you've done all there is to know to be at peace with people, it says in Romans 12, it says, do everything that is in your power to be at peace with everyone. If you've done that, you've done your part. Let the Lord take care of the rest. But don't let these relationships or individuals that are working for you or around you that are hindering the operation pull everything down with the way they're operating and acting and the way they've become. So I bless you with that. I know it's a little more of a negative subject than the ones I normally bring, but it's something that I think is so essential. And I learned so much from that particular incident in Truman's life. I read it in the book called Truman by David McCullough. My interns all had to read the book Truman. They all kind of hate me for it because it was a thousand page book. But I hope they got that as much as I got that lesson. And I hope it stays with them and it stays with you. Until we speak again, I bless you in the name of Yeshua. Shalom.